There's room for everyone in my sex hole. Oh, goodness. That's right. We're a Riverdale recap podcast, and we are here to talk about Chapter 53, Jawbreaker, by Brian E. Patterson, directed by Arabella Anderson. I thought you didn't have anything to open the episode with. I'm a professional. Uh, well, we missed you. We it's been did. a little while. Sorry about not getting uh, an extra episode up during the break, but I have been counseled by somebody that I, I trust and respect that it's okay to take care of yourself once in a while when you're producing four internet shows. Just gotta sometimes chill. Yeah. Enjoy a Wednesday night off. Okay. It's okay. But we're back now because the show returned tonight in glorious fashion. They they found a way to really amp up the, the crazy. Yes. Yes. Yes, they did. So without further ado, here's the crazy. Uh, so we, we open right where we left off. Well, almost. FP made a phone call or two. Um, <laughs> but we, we are in the woods mm -hmm. uh, where Baby Teeth was sacrificed. And now there's a whole lot of other cops. And Jughead, honorary cop. Also honorary crime scene photographer. Yes. I'm glad to see his camera's back. And so they are discussing how, you know, this is very similar sacrifice, but, um, you know, the missing teeth are a twist. Yeah. And does that mean it's a copycat? Or does that mean he's back? Is he sending a warning? Uh, all we do know is that FP begs Jughead to help. He's like, I need your help, boy. Yeah, Jughead's big deduction in this scene is that... Uh this indeed was meant to send a message. He deduces that from the, the crime scene, not from the fact that he was given teeth. a parcel of teeth. You were delivered Before teeth. anyone found the body. I think a message was meant to be sent. <laughs> yeah, and then you signed for the message, you unwrapped the message, and it was teeth. If no one was given the teeth, and they just found the body missing some teeth, you know, you could maybe deduct, maybe they were trying to send a message, but we know, we know. But you know what I love? Jughead has snacks. <laughs> and this will be a theme through the whole episode. I will tell you every time Jughead has snacks. Okay. Because it's a lot. He did more eating in this episode than the entire season. The, the whole first season, yeah. 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 I'm like, boy, hungry. Is he going through a growth spurt? <laughs> Is he going to, like, be three inches taller next episode? Meanwhile, uh, Betty is with Edgar. Also right where we left them. Questioning him about how, who the hell is he? He's like, well, you know who I am. <laughs> no, no, I don't fucking know who you are. There is no internet record of you. I googled you. Nothing exists. That's not right. There should at least be one entry of a person in Google where they are not real. Uh, I love the, the lighting in this set. Uh, behind Edgar is a cross-shaped window with a beam of light shining through it onto his back. Yes. So he, he is Very illuminated. He is illuminated by holy light, but at the same time, he has turned his back on Christ. Because he's devil. It's a, it's a double meaning in, in the set design, and I, yes. Yeah. Uh, so Edgar tells us about how 
uh, many years ago, he was a different man, mm-hmm. and he left that life behind and walked into the desert to die. <laughs> and guess but what? Then- it worked. He's a ghost. <laughs> He prob- maybe he is. Maybe, maybe he, he is. is. Because he doesn't say that he died or not, but he does say that he saw a tree. And then he saw a farm. And he went to that farm. And uh, he was yeah. delirious and then woke up in the bed being tended to by a farm person. Then he started working on that farm. And dude just loves farms. And then he was just completely overtaken by plants growing. You know what the whole world needs? More farming, and I am the person to deliver farms to humanity. This is, like, we are not making this up. This is his entire spiel, is that he was so moved by seeing some corn grow, Mm -hmm. he knew that that was his life calling, to get others to grow fucking corn. Agave, maybe? That's a good desert crop. He's uh, making tequila out on the farm. (laughs) Um, and so he, he talks about how he was reborn and it's so sacred and, you know, this is, this is his duty. Um, and Betty's like, yeah, that's fucking nice. But how did you convince my mom that she can see her dead son? And he says more of his hippy dippy woo bullshit. And then she has the best line in the episode. No, but really. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Do you dress someone up? Like what, what the hell are you doing? And he's just like, oh, I'm so, this is too much. I'm too mysterious. Uh, so meanwhile, at uh, Archie's gym, mm-hmm. he, he's rallying the boxing troupe. And <laughs> it's all, you know, I, I know we're all pissed about baby teeth. And I'm like, damn right. <laughs> Maybe my favorite, inter- like, exchange. Yeah, yeah. Mad Dog uh, shows up, and if you remember, Mad Dog, like, has left their crew to go work for Elio's. He's in Elio's gym, Elio's stable of fighters. And they're all like, what you doing here? Not your turf. But Baby Teeth was his brother, too, so he's come to mourn him and honor him and say that he's dedicating his his next fights to Baby Teeth. And they're all like, next fights? What? Uh, So he fills him in that Elio's has him lined up to fight. Mm Mm-hmm. Not just any fight, though, but an upcoming super awesome tournament yes. organized by Elio, yes. the Gilded Gloves. Yes. <laughs> They're not completely golden, they just kind of look like they it. They just, well, you know. <laughs> I, th- I think Elio's accidentally revealing too much with his name. Yeah. Then we go join uh, our, our core four mm-hmm. um, in the student lounge. Yes. Uh, Jughead is snacking. <laughs> whole bag of nacho Doritos right there. Well, off-brand ones, but... And uh, Archie wants Veronica to use her connections to help, like, get his gym in the fight. Yeah, boxing's a filthy, nasty, corrupt sport. Can you buy me a place into this tournament, please? She's like, yeah, I'll see what I can do. Uh, and while they're there, Cheryl, in her... In her morning announcements. In her morning announcements, uh, starts talking about... The farm and how, you know, it's what all the cool kids are doing and how people can sign up. And then we see a montage of Cheryl, Evelyn, and Fangs, and Kevin all dressed in complete white, just mm-hmm. strutting through the halls. So Wind Cheryl, blowing. Cheryl here reveals her superpowers to be in two places at the same time. Magical. <laughs> But then we see that this wasn't a cut to a new scene. It was just an interruption because 
uh, in, in one of my one of the more dynamic shots, mm-hmm. uh, the camera that is following this this slow walk uh, straight out of Jay Z's White Party. Yes, uh, it just goes around the corner, and we're back in the student lounge with our core four continuing their discussion. Yeah, and like Jughead was like looking out the doorway, watching them pass. <laughs> And now the discussion, however, uh, has moved on to Betty filling them in about how, you know, the dead people are talking to everyone. Mm -hmm. And there is this wonderful pause between Archie and Jughead as they they take a moment, they they take a sharp intake of breath, and then Jughead asks some natural follow-up questions like, didn't we see them die? Yeah. And he also suggests that maybe we should prove <laughs> that Charles is dead. Yeah, that, that'll that wake up your delusional mom, right? Yeah. Um, so Betty makes some phone calls to try to find out some information about what happened to Charles and where his grave might be and mm-hmm. such. But not much luck. Big fat zero. Tony comes in, because she's at the school making these calls, um, and she is pr- pretty pissed. She's like, you know, whatever, you know, the farm did to Cheryl, I'm holding you responsible. Mm-hmm. So then Betty fills Tony in on how apparently the dead are talking <laughs> and Cheryl thinks she is talking to Jason. Mm-hmm. But hey, wait, Tony brings up the fact that like people saw him die. Mm-hmm. And then Betty remembers, hey, wait. You know that video of Jason being shot by his father? I kept a copy of that on my laptop. Yeah. Hey, uh, Tony, real quick, let me email you this snuff film that I just have for, you know, personal use. Anyway, oh, oh, phone's ringing. That's my serial killer dad. I have to take this. Yeah. (laughs) Not made up. Legit happened. So, yeah, Betty wants Tony to show this film to Cheryl in the Mm -hmm. hope that it will snap her back to reality. And she does indeed take a call from Hal. Veronica goes to visit Elios in the, the steam room. Mm -hmm. That's just for men. So, you know, (laughs) because women can't have steam. Well, they can have plenty of steam as long as it's coming from their tea kettles in the kitchen. And that's the last episode of Sex Archie. We're so <laughs> glad you stuck with us. We had a great time. Can't wait to see how season three ends, but we're going to be doing it on our own. <laughs> so Veronica wants to talk business. You know, she she lets Elios know about how she wants to get uh, the g- gym in, Archie's gym. And uh, Elios is like, Archie's a bum. <laughs> I don't let bums fight. With my dudes. Yeah, Bum Fights is a completely different promotion. It is not accredited. <laughs> I'm just imagining their little bums whacking against each other. <laughs> now that... Just boop, 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 boop. That would sell some tickets. Oh, oh, their little butt cheeks have little boxing gloves tattooed on. They could boop, not... Boop, 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 boop. They could not wear the trunks, if that was the case. Banana hammock. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's the noise they have to make when they slap each other's butts together. They don't have to, but it presents a tactical advantage. <laughs> the person that gets a higher pitch uh, wins. I thought- but they, they can only take one breath, and they have to make that noise the whole time while going with their little bum cheeks. And whoever runs out of breath loses that round. I thought you won by knocking the other guy unconscious. With your butt? How are you going to do that? Practice. <laughs> it's whoever gets rug burn on their butt from another butt. <laughs> <laughs> and anyhow. Uh, so 
After insulting Archie, Mm -hmm. Elios kicks her out. (laughs) Then uh, we go visit the coroner. Mm -hmm. Our favorite little junior coroner. (laughs) Yes, he's he's a junior class coroner. (laughs) Uh, He has a little patch. And there's Baby Teeth's body. Not looking so great. Face down on the slab in an uncommon move. And we are informed that uh, he actually died from loss of blood from his teeth getting pulled. And then the coroner pauses and says with relish that the teeth were pulled pre-mortem. Like, yeah, that's when causes of death tend to happen. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I get that he was probably trying to- How bad are you at at your job? I get that he was probably trying to say, like, the teeth weren't pulled after, they were pulled before, but you did just say that's the cause of death. So we know that. (laughs) I don't think you can lose that much blood from dental work. Even bad dental work. (laughs) Like, you're going to get an infection. You're not going to bleed to death Mm -hmm. from your gums. Well, he didn't uh, chew on, on the tea bags. And he that got does a, work, y'all. He got a whole lot more than just the wisdom teeth out. That is not a old wives' tale. That legit does shit. <laughs> Get a wet tea bag and you just shove it back there. Mm-hmm. That's just eating some leaves, but it works. <laughs> um, but that's not all the interesting clues he finds uh, in the no. ear, nose, and throat region. No, uh, there was a, ma- a matchbook in his throat from the Maple Club. And the coroner is definitely auditioning for some sort of soap opera or something. I don't know why he thinks uh, FP and Jughead have these connections. I thought I saw the true face of evil, but whoever did this is truly evil. Dude hates matches so (laughs) much. Maybe he has a fear of fire. He really internalized Smokey the Bear's whole deal. I don't think Jughead has snacks during this. (laughs) Just so you know. Well, that would be in poor taste, what with slicing a guy open right in the room there. Uh, So Jughead and FP uh, go visit Penelope in her brothel. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh yes, Baby Teeth was here a few nights ago. There's no age limit. It's all just as illegal here. He left with a big grin on his face. <laughs> and then there was like a huge crash. Yes. And she says, what on Eve's earth? <laughs> and th- I love Penelope's like really crooked misandry. Like it, it is not consistent at all. It's just catch as catch can. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so they rush into the other room, and um, there's a fucking zombie with a knife. I'm so, so happy that after teasing it in uh, the first season, werewolves have finally appeared on the show. <laughs> this dude is snarling and roaring. And foaming at foaming the mouth. Foaming at the mouth. He has little, like, wolverine or, or saber-tooth, like, beard tufts. Yes. Uh, and he, he's just growling and, like, trying to slash with a knife. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, like, looks one way and the FP's like, hey, over here, and, like, punches him out with one blow. Hell yeah. His host. Yes. His lady host. 
fills uh, them in on the fact that he likes to take fizzle rocks to enhance the fun. Mm-hmm. And he took some tonight, but it was different. Like, he just started becoming fucked up and foaming. And <laughs> so something's wrong. Alice is at uh, Archie's gym, which now has a name. It's the El Royale. It, it did last time. I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> um, but she she is doing a news report there about the grand opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Veronica gives a big pitch about how it's so great. And then Archie has to read cue cards. Yes, I love it. He has <laughs> he cue cards. He fucking sucks at it. I love that his eyes keep darting towards yes, them. Yes, yes. Um, and he, he lets them know that like, if you sign up, you your first three personal training sessions will be with him. And, and they're then, free. And hey, Elios, fucker, uh, I want a rematch. Okay. Mm-hmm. Against uh, the unstoppable dirty fighter, Elios... The crown in in his his stable. Yes, that's a saying, right? Crown in the stable. <laughs> I think that might be a sex term. That's a really common turn of phrase. Crown in the stable. Uh, it sounds like a sex thing. Describe to me exactly what manner of sex thing that is. It's a penis up a butt. All right, <laughs> all right. This show is not for kids, folks. You asked. We you asked. said the word butt. <laughs> I'm just wondering if you can be a licensed personal trainer as a minor. I don't know if that's allowed. No, you can't. Or whatever job Veronica's supposed to have in here. And anyway, uh, uh, Alice is filming this for the the evening news. (laughs) This basically advertisement. Did did Veronica invest in the news station in order to, to get past their editorial board? Do they have an editorial board? And did Archie even know he was going to be offering free personal training or personal <laughs> training at all? I don't think he knows how to train anybody. If he knew how to train boxers, he wouldn't have to be trained to be a boxer. <laughs> He'd just do it himself. Yeah. I have questions. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, uh, Betty goes to see her dad. Um, and we find out that Alice has filed for divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has not signed the papers yet, and he's very curious to know if she's seen someone. She's like, yeah, the farm. All of and them. And a con artist. She sees them all daily. They spend a lot of time together. Oh, yeah, and she's seen Charles. But she's like, what? He's <laughs> fucking dead. That's not possible. We don't know that. We don't know. He could be a paint salesman. But she's like, well, I don't have proof, so I can't prove it to her. It's like, well, you don't need much. You just need a stone, perhaps of granite. Hint, hint. <laughs> hint. She's so crafty. She even knows stone carving. She draw. Okay, well, I'm jumping ahead at the suggestion, but mm-hmm. that's like $5,000 or some shit <laughs> has to be dropped to do what he's saying needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Just want to put that out there. So Elios meets with Veronica at the speakeasy mm-hmm. that Archie uh, can join, but he has to move up a weight class. Yes. Um, and of course, he'll be hosting, you know, and she's like, no, 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 we are going to flip for it. Why would he agree to any game of chance in Veronica's casino? The, f- the first night of which he was scammed by a card shark dealer and he knows it. Because he's hoping to get some. The flip does not go his way, so we do not need to create another set. They will be holding this, what was meant to be a prestigious boxing match. Yes. 
in this rundown dirt hole that doesn't even have chairs. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love it. Check in at the jail where Jughead and FP are coming up with their plan, and they're all like, okay, we're going to interview that dude once mm-hmm. he becomes not a zombie. <laughs> He's got to come off his drugs first, then we'll talk to him. Meanwhile, Tony is showing Cheryl the video of her brother getting shot. You know how family does. The, um, the video that first made her snap back in the first season. You've done a bad thing, Daddy, that video. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Cheryl's like, well, clearly it's fabricated. You know, <laughs> technology these days. You didn't believe that a year ago, Cheryl. You can't trust the dis- detractors. Like, they will do anything. You saw... A body that looked just like your brother with a bullet in the forehead. Who did you bury, Cheryl? Triplet. (laughs) She didn't really care about... Jennings. Yeah. Yeah. That's Um, why he's called JJ. It's the two of them together she loves so much. They were originally conjoined twins. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. No, okay, they were triplets, but... Two of them were conjoined twins, and then Cheryl was just floating free. Yeah. And that's why it's JJ. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She hasn't parted with the fact when they, like, were unconjoined. We gotta save this for the prediction section. There we go. Okay. Tony tries to dig a little deeper, like, have you hugged him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Oh, gotta go. <laughs> I think someone's avoiding the subject. Hugged honey. You know what they got up to before she met you. I'm a little concerned about some of the <laughs> stuff in this episode regarding this. It's making things a little more, uh, specific. Betty goes to visit Alice uh, at the new farm location, which literally just has the same beds from the sisters. Just a nice coat of paint. They used all their budget on the real estate. They had no uh, furniture budget left over. Nope. Uh, And she comes in with, um, well, Mom, are you engaged to uh, Edgar? Uh, And she says, you know, Edgar and I have a deep understanding of each other. He blows my back out on a regular basis. (laughs) That's what I thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm creaming those jeans for Edgar Ever Never. <laughs> and you 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 react to what I say, but what you say is apparently perfectly fine. I would never say anything so crude as penis in butt. <laughs> um so Betty's like, I wanted to show you something, and she takes Alice. To a cemetery where she uh, lets her know that she paid someone to track down Charles's grave and he's been here and buried for five years. And I'm like, dang, she dropped the five grand. (laughs) Fuck. So we we see a headstone that says Charles Cooper. Charles Smith. Charles Smith. And okay, either she bought a headstone, and yes, those are expensive, and this this is uh, not one of the, the little ones that stays ground level. This is like a full, tall tombstone. Yeah. Or she moved six, seven hundred pounds of stone, <laughs> polished it, carved it herself into an empty uh, spot in a graveyard, or she managed to find and then vandalize a blank placeholder tombstone in a graveyard she's very resourceful a b or c she's really good at paint and it's made from like wood (laughs) just like the the perfect weathering technique styrofoam and she just like knows how to put a good glaze on it she took a regular tombstone of the size and place she wanted she filled in the names and dates with epoxy Mm. and then carved over that 
I have so many fucking questions about how she made this happen in a day. She's committed. If nothing else, this episode is all about how committed Betty is. Yeah. Yes. Uh, So they're in the car and they're just sitting there and Alice is like, it's so sad. It's so sad that you won't let me be happy at the farm. (laughs) Oh, that season one Alice coming back in just turned everything back to her. I love it so much. Betty's like, but you you saw his fucking grave. But but I spoke to him this morning. Just such a narrow, self-oriented focus. And it's why I fell in love with her so long ago. And then Betty says, I'm sorry, mom. And pulls out a fucking chloroformed cl- or chloroform cloth, shoves it over Alice's face <laughs> until she passes the fuck out. I mean, it doesn't take long, to be fair. She she got the dose right. And uh, welcome to Riverdale, the, the only city in America where a family therapist can earn a billion dollars. <laughs> Meanwhile, at... Pops, um, mm-hmm. Veronica is literally shoveling food into Archie's <laughs> mouth. He has just finished a plate of burger and fries, and she has brought him more. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I feel like Jughead. And I'm like, mm. see, if Jughead would have had a meal like this, you could make that joke. <laughs> Jughead just snacks a lot now. Constantly. Always got a bag. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, all the best characters are constantly snacking. Jughead. Mm-hmm. Han in Fast Five. Is Cole Sprouse trying to quit smoking? And this is his way of dealing with it on set? <laughs> maybe, is he, maybe. Is he going the snacking route? <laughs> I think it's how they can add the character uh, trait of always eating. But having bags means you don't have to worry about shot continuity yeah. with your props. Yeah, and the person doesn't actually have to eat much. Yeah. <laughs> when they cut away, they have the sound editor put in bag and chewing noises. <laughs> so... I don't know, the next shot, so who knows when this is, um, is weighing time for the boxing match. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the opponent gets weighed, and he's like, oh, 159 pounds, oh, and I'm like, that's all he weighs? <laughs> he looks like he should weigh more. That's not that much. It's all muscles. Still, he's like really tall. Is he though? We only see him standing next to other actors. And as we know, most actors are 5'3". <laughs> Still, it just doesn't seem like that much. <laughs> um, so then uh, it's Archie's turn and he comes in at 154 pounds. And he's all like, look at my muscles doing the muscle pose. Ooh. I mean, they, they both look quite ripped. Very swollen pectorals. So did they not drink water? Are they not hydrated? They are dehydrated. I mean, yeah, that that's how Archie could have made weight. He just could have drank, like, three gallons of water before. See, so you have the issue of where, you're like, okay, you want to make weight, so you got to drink all the water. But to make your muscles really pop, you got to be dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Where do you find your balance? The uh, the wood chopping scene in The Wolverine, I think, almost killed Hugh Jackman. Oh, my God! His that... veins were just popping in every direction. Because he hadn't drank anything in four days. Oh! Okay. Loved that movie. I think you're thinking of Logan. I'm thinking of Logan. Logan. I loved Logan. (laughs) He did not have that much definition as he did in The Wolverine, though. Well, he got old. (laughs) But I do, I love him as Wolverine. I am so glad that he's kind of, like, done. 
because <laughs> he's getting too old to do that extreme. Yeah. And I can't have Hugh Jackman dying on me. His poor wife. She's such a sweet lady to have her husband die young okay. from workouts. I love Patrick Stewart. I will fucking cry when that man dies. Yes. But if Hugh Jackman goes before him, <laughs> we got a problem. <laughs> And it will be because of some extreme body thing he's doing for a movie. Yeah. The the only physical transformation Patrick Stewart has to do uh, to, to go back to his X-Men role is shave his head, which he already does anyway. <laughs> it's literally nothing. <laughs> he has to get really comfortable sitting in chairs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am physically qualified to play Professor X. Well, what one day in the barbershop and I would be. Yes. Yeah. Just give it a little time. Half a day in the barbershop and I would <laughs> Oh, no, I meant like just give it a few years. Oh, okay. You'll, you'll be there. I love you. I love you. I love your receding hairline. But but anyway, after <laughs> after the weigh-in, there's more scenes. Uh, yeah. Alice wakes up in the sex hole, handcuffed to the bed. And I'm like, wow, Betty didn't have to take very long to find those. Probably because they're used all the fucking time in the sex hole. Dang it, Fangs. You tried to get too fancy. Uh, and Alice is all like... Where where am I? What happened? I chloroformed you. <laughs> uh, succinct and to the point. Betty um says, you know, Edgar always starts with questions, so that's what I'm going to do as well. And she pulls out a family album and starts pointing out different uh, events on it. Mm-hmm. And Alice has some excuse for everything. Yeah. Like, well, I was a different person then. Oh, that wasn't that great. Sometimes it's not denial, but a presentation that the farm is even better. Like when Betty shows a picture of how proud she was when she got the reporter job at the register. Well, the farm got me on camera at the news station. Yes. It like all comes out. Betty's like edging her on. Can't say this was bad. You can't say this. You can't keep running from everything. Mm -hmm. You know, you bought a house on Elm Street. You did this. You did this. She's like, yeah. And I was married to a murderer there. Betty must shout back, but you raised us there, and if you keep saying everything from your past is bad and you're mm-hmm. getting rid of it all, you're getting rid of everything good, too. So they have a, a really heartfelt discussion about how much value to put on the past. Yes. And then they cut uh, Snoke in half and begin dueling the Praetorian Guard. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love that movie so much. That's <laughs> such a good scene. <laughs> I love that. That's one of my favorite. And it fight matches scenes. up to "Since You've Been Gone" so well. It matches up to so many songs toxic, so well. Toxic is a really good it's one. It's so good. I love. I just could watch that to every single song. <laughs> it's great. Betty begs with her to believe her, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Well, how can I do that? Is Charles really dead? Is that really his gravestone?" Oh, uh, and she sees the look in Betty's eyes. It's a fake grave. So she has lost the high ground. Also the kidnapping. Yeah. Probably lose some moral high ground with the kidnapping. Maybe. And Alice is just like, you you, you have to let me go. She's like, sorry, mom, I have to go to school. Um, <laughs> I'll come back and check on you. But like this, this album is your life. And, and you know, maybe you remember who you are. She's left her mother with no food. No, no place to chamber be. pot, shall we say? <laughs> Sex hole's gonna get gross really fast. Er, gross. Er, <laughs> much different type of gross. <laughs> there, there's no way they don't have rubber sheets just for this sort of activity. Oh, <laughs> uh, so we're in the lounge at school with our our core four. Mm-hmm. Jughead's just like you locked your mom in the bunker. 
There's another nice pause with Jughead and, and, and Archie. Then, well, and what I love is, like, they're having this conversation, and then we cut to see, oh, Archie and Veronica are here, too. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, uh. Uh, and, you know, Betty explains it's 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 the only safe place to keep her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a lot of testimonies to listen to. A lot this of tapes. secret location that everybody pretty much knows by now. Right. How many... Different young people are going to come there to try to have sex and then be like, oh, sorry, Miss Cooper Smith. Um, bye. Yeah, it's a... I'll I'll leave you to uh, whatever you're doing. We'll just go around the corner in the the entranceway and just try not to listen, you know, performance anxiety. Uh, (laughs) So then, though, there's a lot of commotion. Mm Mm-hmm. And they run out into the hallway, and they see a cheerleader banging her head against the lockers, leaving a bloody mark after every bang. It's some serious horror movie shit. This this is it. This is the good stuff. It is intense. And, like, the, the sort of ragdoll physicality, uh, like, I don't know if it's... She's probably a stunt performer. Yeah. If not, she should be. She's like, got oh, it. She's like, totally a stump performer. Yeah. They would not let an actor do that. There is there is that for sure, yeah. Um, and so she she gets pulled away by some other girls and she's foaming at the mouth. It's just so unsettling the way she's like her, her legs are going in odd directions. It's full like and she's being pulled off and away. Zombie. Yeah. It's zombie. Um and we find out that she took some G. Mm-hmm. Um and Jughead's just like, find a doctor! Why are we all standing here? <laughs> but then he gets a call from FP, who has uh, another one, mm-hmm. who is sitting in his police car, banging his head against the window, just as harsh and crazy as she was. Uh, I think with him, it's it, it's his hand. He's beating his hand bloody. Oh, is that what it was? Because that's where the bandage is that we see later. Like his, oh, okay. His, his knuckles have gone all raw. That makes and, sense. And, ugh, ugh, ugh. And uh, FP's holding a, a package of empty pa- package of fizzle rocks. Mm-hmm. And so we go to the jail. And, and Jughead finds the same uh, yes. back at the school. And they each have a big G in Sharpie on one side. Yes. Big capital G because now Sesame Street is, is the uh, cook operation. <laughs> um, so they have a conversation about how, is it a bad batch? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is there bath salts in it? Who knows? Meanwhile, at school, mm-hmm. Tony's in the bathroom. Yeah. And she turns around, and Evelyn does one of her creepy horror movie, like, suddenly appears out of nowhere. Yeah, she she was in Tony's bubble from behind, but she didn't notice, even though she's looking at a mirror. And now, Evelyn's just fucking terrifying. Now we know Evelyn's a vampire. Yep. She doesn't have a reflection. Yep. And so Evelyn's all like, well, you're detracting Cheryl, and we're not going to let you ruin her. Mm -hmm. Um, The farm is fulfilling her in ways that you can't even imagine. And Tony's like, oh, you want to bet, bitch? (laughs) I fulfill her in many ways. I fulfill her. I fill her. uh, We we have fun here. Of course, Evelyn's like, have a blessed day. Okay, (laughs) bye. Meanwhile, uh, Mad Dog comes to Archie at the gym yes. to let him know that Randy, the boxer he's supposed to fight. He's juicing. But this time it's a powder. And it's some some power that makes him go crazy strong. And, and he, he gets just, the rage in his eyes. Yeah, and he's going to kill you. So you should probably take some too. So here's some drugs. <laughs> um, take so, the drugs. 
So uh, now we're not only getting uh, Rocky Two, you know, the rematch with the unbeatable fighter that Archie was just lucky to to stay on his feet yeah. with. We're also getting Rocky Four, the the evil science uh, uh, experimental drug juicing fighter yeah. that our hero has has to defeat. Yeah, we're only doing the even Rockies. Uh, <laughs> next time, uh, Archie and Mad Dog fight. That's that's Rocky Three. Yeah. But, like, the end credits were him and Apollo Creed, and they freeze frame. Sure. It's really good. (laughs) I climbed the steps. (laughs) You didn't. Who knows more about Rocky? I watched all of the movies. Does that count as knowing things? But I did the steps. (laughs) And I posed. And I took the pictures, so it's good (laughs) I didn't. Or who would have taken the pictures? You could have done it after. Yeah, and I probably should (laughs) have. We'll just go back. Yeah, it's a good town. If you haven't been to Philadelphia... Philadelphia... It's really walkable. I like that. Incredibly walkable. I mean, center city, at least. Yes. As tourists with a day and a half, we didn't do much else. Great ice cream. Oh, so good. So so much good ice cream. So, uh, we we go to Pops, Mm -hmm. where Jelly Bean is there with the cutest elf hat with yes. fake elf ears. I think those are her real ears. The other ones we see are prosthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she is playing G&G with a kid. It's Joaquin's little murder brother. Yep. Yeah. He's back. Um, little Mr. DeSantos. And he is wearing a newsboy cap because apparently that's Pop's policy. All children must have covered heads. Yeah. Yes. So he's like, well, you, sh- you sure you're... you're- parents won't mind you you hanging out for another round and she's like as i told you they're busy mm-hmm. he he just kind of smiles at her and then when she looks away his face changes bum 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 fucking little psycho child <laughs> joaquin teach your brother better haunt uh, him okay haunt him okay <laughs> apparently there are ghosts why aren't you a ghost haunt him yeah that's what scared straight was about right dead brothers haunting their their asshole siblings uh, FP and Jughead talking to the dude that was banging his hand. Yes. And we find out that G stands for gargoyle, in case you were confused. And he's not even sure about that. I it's think? just his guess. Uh, we find out that Kurtz was the dealer, mm-hmm. and that it wasn't the guy's normal dealer. And no. he was really aggressive. Can I put in a complaint? Yeah, I would like to report this new drug dealer to the Better Business Bureau for trying to upsell me on extra drugs. Yeah. Uh, and FP is very much like, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get this job. I'm going to do it. It's so, very motivated. So uh, Jughead and FP put together a, a, a likely story that Kurtz is trying to skip town. He's trying to dump this bad batch uh, as fast as he can, as aggressively as he can, in order to, to pay for his way. Yeah. So they got to they gotta get him while the clock is ticking. Yep. Uh, so Betty comes back to the sex hole. Mm-hmm. And there's a fire. She's very worried about her mother. But then she sees that her mother is burning all of their family portraits. Silent. Wordlessly. Never breaking eye contact as she just drops picture after picture into this flaming trash bin. And it's incredible. The one we zoom in on is one that includes Betty. And just, like, I don't know how many tries they had for this, but the the way the... uh, Fire goes from the edges to the inside, consuming Alice and Hal and, and leaving Betty for last. It's just really good. Yeah. Um. So at school, Evelyn approaches Betty to ask about Alice because 
Uh, Alice missed her bed check last night. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's really fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like a slumber party, right? Like, if you're doing bed checks, it sounds scary. It sounds like you're... (laughs) Bed checks for grown adults approximately 50 years old. Uh Uh-huh. That means you can't leave at your own will. Yeah. And Evelyn's all like, well, you know, someone saw you there. You probably know where she is. Mm Mm-hmm. Betty's just not having it. She starts to walk away. And Evelyn decides to be like, you know, we have copies of the tapes. We have lots of copies. We have copies of the copies of the copies. <laughs> and Betty throws her fucking against the locker with like a, a arm against her neck mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and is livid. Yes. She goes off about how, you know, you brainwashed my mother. I see through your farmy crap. Evelyn tries to like push her off and Betty just like chokes her in even more and pushes her back. And promises, not threatens, but promises to kill her. She says, I will kill you and ask around. People will tell you that I'm capable of it. (laughs) Which is a real problem, because I assume she's in, like, the National Honor Society. (laughs) She's, she's like, the school board treasurer, I think. Betty Betty storms off, leaving Evelyn there and people looking on like, oh. Um, Our yearbook committee will have a touching tribute to a dead student, and I'm going to make that happen, Evelyn. (laughs) It is not a school year without a dead student. I mean, last year's was the best yearbook they ever put out. Betty's so proud of her her, uh, innovative layouts. So meanwhile, uh, at home, uh, Tony and Cheryl are there, and Tony's like, oh, are you you going to the farm tonight? And she's like, ah, yes. Uh, Are these Louis Vuittons too flashy for kombucha brewing? Yeah, I think the proper footwear for kombucha brewing is none barefoot. Yeah, it's it's or or like those those shoes with that go between your toes. Oh yeah, what are those? Well, Amphibian on, on, feet or something. On know. Riverdale, they'd be uh, Bygram eight fingers. Yeah, no one knows where the other three fingers came from. Yeah, yeah, those are definitely too flashy. <laughs> Everything Cheryl owns is too flashy for kombucha brewing. Maybe if you uh, went on eBay and you found the the big latex shooting feet from uh, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, yes, th- those would be good kombucha brewing shoes. Um. So then Tony is all like, "Well, your body, just your hot body. It's, I need your hot body. It's a good one. I want some of it on my face and also the rest of my body." Uh. And Cheryl's all like, "Okay." Have you ever heard of a crown in the stable? <laughs> Really? You have? You're the first (laughs) in the world. No one has heard of that. So meanwhile, uh, Archie's boxing troupe of boys. (laughs) Yes, these traveling troubadours (laughs) of fisticuffs. Uh, Are out for a nice run. Like they do boxing (laughs) repertory. All the classic fights. I was thinking more like a scout troupe. (laughs) But sure. We could go with that type of troop. So they're out for a run through the woods like you do on a misty morning mm-hmm. uh, to the cemetery. The so o- everyone can lightly punch Baby Tooth's gravestone. Yeah, they, they got to get hyped. With sadness. They they have to recognize who they're doing it for. Again, Rocky Four. Okay. <laughs> Carl Weathers dies in the first act of Rocky Four. Okay. That's Michael B. Jordan's dad. Oh! Yeah. Okay. Michael B. Jordan's dad dies in the first act I've of Rocky IV. I've seen that Four. one. Okay. In whole. 
<laughs> I've seen parts of other ones, but I've seen that one in whole. Because it has Tessa Thompson in it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know where my priorities lie. I mean, same. I'm with you. Uh, I hope Dirty Computer wins the Hugo for dramatic presentation short form. Gina pants. <laughs> so FP and Jughead are at jail again. I mean, um, they, they work there, so it's, it's normal. <laughs> Apparently, they have really good relationship at the jail. <laughs> um, so we talked about the wrong dude awake. The dude we talked about earlier was the first dude from the brothel. Uh-huh. Now the dude from Pops, who's like punching it, is awake. I thought so. So. And we have that same conversation we talked about earlier. Yes. <laughs> um, and after that conversation, they get a call from Laurel. At the Maple Club. Yes. Um, Who is their first zombies, uh, not client, opposite of client, specialist. Yes. And, <laughs> Consultant? Uh, yes. And so so they will go there and they will find out that there are some, some rich kids around mm-hmm. waiting for a dealer to show up outside who never showed. And they were mentioning something about a boxing fight. And here's this flyer. <laughs> they left behind a flyer. Like this... We'll we'll talk about it in a minute, but right now I'm thinking that while watching right now, I, I was thinking that this is again way too convenient. Like, is is every episode with Mad Dog in it going to have a, a bizarre coincidence saving the day? But in retrospect, I like it. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Betty is listening to the tapes on her old timey tape listening device. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh huh. A, a tape player, if you will. Well, it's like really old timey, though. It's not just like you know a Walkman. It's like a one and a quarter inch, but it's somehow playing like regular cassettes. Yeah, it's bizarre. <laughs> um, uh, but it's Alice talking to Edgar about Betty, mm-hmm. um, saying that she's afraid of Betty and that she's gonna hurt her because you know she's her father's daughter and she has the same darkness inside of her you know sometimes she looks at betty and she's afraid of what she sees and then betty gets this this look of realization on her face and you can tell she's thinking oh no kidnapping is bad i did the bad thing Oh, is that what you thought? Yeah. Oh, that's not what I was Oh, going. what were you thinking? I thought that she was being so I guess this is a little bit of a prediction. I was thinking, well, fuck, what if these tapes mm-hmm. are actually trying to brainwash Betty because they know she's going to listen to them. Oh. And it was like she was starting to get brainwashed and then snapped out of it. Oh. I think she just realized that she's hurting her relationship with her mother. Fine, I like to go a little deeper, but okay. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh. I, I guess I'll just be over here talking about the mise-en-scene and color composition, I guess, while you go deep. Okay. Uh, Betty bursts into Edgar's office mm-hmm. as you, what, why have you made my mother turn against me? <laughs> I was like, well, you have given Alice legit reasons to, you know, be afraid of you. Remember that time you sent the kid that pretended to be your brother to his certain death at the hands of your own father? Remember that? Yeah. Uh, so then Edgar goes off about how, you know, Alice is on a journey, and she has to find her own path, but he's like, well, she didn't have to fucking give away everything, my money, the house, like, <laughs> she could do this at home. And what I really appreciate about this scene is that, uh, I mean, it's shot and reverse shot, like, 
any given uh, dialogue scene, except not really because the camera is stationed in between them. The camera is doing full 180s on every cut. Yeah. That means that neither of them are ever in frame at the same time, even any fraction of their bodies. Yeah. Showing that they're like fully 100% opposed. They, they share no space. They share nothing. Yeah. In this moment. Edgar goes off about how, you know, Charles fulfills her in a way that no one else can. Mm-hmm. And, and why is this all such a bad thing? And, and Betty just leaves. And she goes to Alice in the bunker with a blindfold. Which was definitely waiting there for her. Uh-huh. She definitely just picked that up on the way in. You have to leave your ID to check out stuff from the desk. I don't know who's working at the desk. <laughs> That's where Josie's been this whole episode. That's where Josie's been the whole episode. Yeah. Um, she's just really like, sorry, Miss Cooper, I can't let you out. Do you need some water? <laughs> Can I get you some magazines or are you going to burn those too? <laughs> we don't have a smoke alarm, so like, chill. <laughs> so she has Alice put on the blindfold and she takes her to Pops where Evelyn is waiting. Evelyn will make sure you get home safe. And she makes sure that, that Evelyn will take care of her mother. Oh, oh, oh. You're, you're a scary cult that, that terrifies me and I know is making my mother lose all grip on reality, but it seems like what she needs right now. <laughs> and you know, sometimes it's just best to let the crazy mothers go. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Wipe your hands of that. They're not your responsibility. If anything, you're their responsibility. And if they've abdicated on that, that's that. Yep. Meanwhile, uh, Veronica is is presenting Archie with a present for luck. In his living room. She's come over to visit. Yes. Um, she She's giving him uh, a, a new boxing robe and yes. some matching boxing shorts and shoes bright red silk with the pops chocolate shop logo because pops is the official sponsor of archie andrews punch man fuck yes and veronica's like i just i just want you to know i'm always in your corner and Get they, it? it's a boxing thing and then they have this look and she's like oh i should go and, and fred wag okay <laughs> fred walks in and he waggles Waggles his eyebrows at uh, Archie's insistence that they're just friends. Uh, uh. Yeah, friends. Gonna go drink my coffee in the kitchen now. And to be fair to Fred, this is the only time he's ever walked in on these two and they're both fully dressed. Yes. Also, <laughs> we have not seen Josie this entire fucking episode. <laughs> I, I do love it, though. Archie's like, we're just friends, Dad. <laughs> Bullshit. Gonna go drink my coffee. So at... School, uh, Cheryl goes to Tony mm-hmm. in tears that Evelyn has told her that she has to make a choice. It is Jason or Tony. Jason's a ghost. <laughs> I'm here. I love you. Cheryl's like, I love you too, but I've loved Jason my whole life. And I'm like, fuck. Incest lights going off. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah. It's she- so fucking creepy. She sort of hints to Tony that if she just, you know, open her mind a little bit, she could find a, a way that this isn't an ultimatum. And I'm thinking, this is the weirdest thruple I've ever heard. Well, she's like, the three of us can basically be together. <laughs> if you open your mind, it'll be fine. So then uh, we see uh, our white posse 
people dressed in white. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> that's what I mean. Our white posse, the gargoyles, uh, I think, actually. Uh, the closest thing we have to a white posse. Our uh, farmies, mm-hmm. all dressed in white, yeah. walking through the school, and now Tony is with them. She has joined their ranks. Yes. But then we go to Betty, who's listening to more of the tapes, and Tony comes on in, and she's like, it went great. No one suspected a thing. If at first you don't succeed, spy, spy again. Yes. Yeah. It makes me so happy that this this was the plan all along. <laughs> were, were you very worried for, for Tony's soul? I was soul like, oh, fuck. And brain. I was worried about her brain. Yeah. I am looking forward to the, the reversal of the uh, Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Maybe when Tony rescues Cheryl, it'll be in the same room. Oh. With some other, like, farmy indoctrination film projected on them to really get the, the dualism. Yeah. The, it's like poetry, it rhymes of it all. Yeah. Betty, though, needs to ask Tony if she's a monster. <laughs> well, if, like, if she herself is a yeah. monster. And uh, Tony lets her know, no, you're not. You just want our loved ones back. Mm-hmm. And not the dead ones, the live ones. That's what we want. Meanwhile, Jughead and FP um, are on their stakeout. Mm-hmm. And what's Jughead doing? Snacking. Uh, and they see Kurtz in the alley. Uh, he does a drug handoff. And then Kurtz is surrounded. And and I love FP comes out with his gun drawn and is like, don't you, you know, coming at Kurtz. And then he points at the dudes that got the drugs and was like, don't you move. Don't you do it. Point a gun at you too. He, I like FP trying to be a cop. He just doesn't have enough guns is all. That's yeah. what we need. More guns. Kurtz gets arrested and he seems awfully pleased. He's pretty happy about this. Yeah. So I don't think this is going to go well. Um, Inside the gym, Archie comes out and Keller's like right behind him. Yeah, rubbing those shoulders, giving him supportive slaps. Fred is in the audience watching. He does not look happy to be there. I wish I think he, he still had that same coffee mug. I wish like, like it looked fuck. like he just walked over from the kitchen. Here supporting my boy, <laughs> though I know he's doing things that aren't great. Huh, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Josie's there. Suddenly Josie's around. Yeah. Don't know where she's been. Hanging out with Veronica, having a girl night. Uh, Elios is, is there talking up Randy. I hate the name Randy. Such a bad name. Well, he's a bad guy. Yeah, but like, when you get your little, like, baby, what should we name our baby? We should name my baby a synonym for sexually aroused. There's just certain names that you wonder how someone gives it to a baby. <laughs> like, Leonard. Mm-hmm. Who names a baby Leonard? You only meet, like, 40-year-old Leonards. <laughs> Elios is, is like, okay, you gotta do this, you gotta do great. Here, mm-hmm. have some water. And then we find... and. Randy's all like, "What? what's in that water? Oh, <laughs> I dissolved some G in it. Give you a boost. Mm-hmm. So there's drugs in there's his water. There's drugs in the water. And it, and it makes it a nice sort of Kool-Aid pink in, yes. in the straw. That's nice. Uh, oh. By the way, I, I should mention this this boxer, Randy Van Ronson, uh, is, is a character that comes from the Katie Keene comics. Ah. Where they have Randy Van Ronson, who's one of Katie's love interests over the course of the series. Ah. So Betty uh, goes to visit Hal, mm-hmm. who apparently has taken up uh, crayon drawings. There's <laughs> yeah. a beautiful drawing of the town. Yeah, just from memory. Yeah. Unless he's been leaving prison. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
Betty has asked Hal to sign the divorce papers. So he does, because he's a pushover, I guess. And uh, Betty says she has realized that it's time to let mom go. And Hal's like, well, can you do me a favor since I'm doing you a favor? <laughs> and he's like, it's it's just a small thing. I just want to come home. Well, we don't own that house anymore. It's kind of where the sheriff lives, so it's going to take some doing. It's going to be a problem. Maybe you, they could build the jail cell in the basement? Oh, they have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. where FP recharges his dad powers. <laughs> he's Maybe like, it's just bars. It doesn't matter what <laughs> side he's on. As long as he's near bars. He just want, it's just like a like a little island wall type thing. Yeah, and, yeah. he just, and he just stands there, like holds on like it's like those little cordless chargers for your phone. He just has to touch it. He, he's going to erect a nice white picket fence, not for the suburban ideal, but just in the hopes that it has the same mystic properties. Yes. Yeah. Um, so at the boxing match, they are punching each other. Yeah, the, the sound editor in this fight, I feel like, is really carrying the fight more than in the previous boxing matches. Yes. Uh, we're, we're shooting uh, up from below a, a lot of times. Randy is, is dominating the frame. Archie's nearly pushed out of it the the hits we're he- we're seeing with our ears more than anything yes uh suddenly the drugs kick in yeah and uh archie's getting the fuck beat out of him <laughs> oh and no. F- fred is very wincy Ooh. yeah um and so archie finally gets away and they you know ding the bell and he's like something's wrong he's on drugs <laughs> keller's like hey ref he's on drugs but we can't call it and and the only you know, you'd have to forfeit. No, not going to do that. Because apparently the referee is in Elio's pocket. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, like, of course he is. Of course he is. So the fight uh, continues uh, after Keller's like, okay, gotta, like, knock him out. That's what you gotta do. And you know what Archie does? He knocks him out. I'm like, okay, that punch didn't seem that hard. But apparently it was enough to fucking kill him <laughs> because the dude's so, not breathing. Also, in this, this round, uh, after they said, no, no. We cannot call this fight uh, with anything but a forfeit. Randy starts foaming at the mouth as well. Yeah, during, while they are fighting, there is foam coming out of his mouth. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's a reason to call the fight. That, at, that's like proof. At least give a standing eight for that. At, at least, you know, stop the clock and, and have the, the doctor come in. Apparently they don't well, have a doctor, yeah, though. Yeah, because Archie goes and he's like, he's not breathing. He's not. Someone call a doctor. Why isn't there a fucking doctor there? That seems like a requirement for a boxing match. I don't I don't think this is a certified match. I don't think this is going to count on a real record. There are enough doctors you could pay off to be there. Come on. <laughs> uh, oh, one thing I, I would like to point out. Uh, Veronica flipped a, a poker chip to determine the venue for this fight. Mm-hmm. Elio never agreed to that. She just said, heads, it's my place, tails, it's yours, flipped it, and they just did it. He never said, yeah, okay. He's a pushover. <laughs> uh, so Jughead and FP take Kurtz to jail, and they're questioning him, mm-hmm. and they're like, why baby teeth? Did the Gargoyle King need another sacrifice? And they're like, well, we're only warming up for the final game. Mm, uh, one big quest. Which includes you and your family. Demanded by the king, you have to save the little princess. <laughs> and then it dawns on them, and FP is going to fucking kill him. 
Uh, because As we cut away to the w- woods, and young Mister DeSantos is leading young Jellybean Jones, young Princess Jellybean, young Princess Jellybean, deeper and deeper into Fox Forest to meet her king, who has summoned her. Yes, yes. And she turns around, and there is the Gargoyle King. This is what I said we'd get to because. Until you know that it is a trap just to get the Jones boys working late nights out of the house. Yeah. Then Kurtz's plan is idiotically stupid. <laughs> like, why did he take a Sharpie to specifically label the extra bad drugs that only he sells? All a fucking <laughs> trap. It was all a trap. So they could get jelly bean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I am curious to know what their plan was to get uh, Gladys out of the house. Well, they didn't need to get her out of the house. Well, I mean, like... Do you think Gladys is down with a bunch of drug-addled uh, uh, cultists stealing her daughter, even if she's well, down with them st- selling stuff on her behalf? Well, no. So jelly bean was at Pops. Jellybean didn't go home. Right. Why is Gladys not worried about where Jellybean is? That's what I'm saying. I don't think Gladys is ever worried about where Jellybean is. <laughs> Gladys, you know, treats Jellybean like she's like 19 or something. The, also, the first episode where they moved back to Riverdale, they they looked like they, they were talking like partners. They were in on each other's secrets. Mm-hmm. But I also think like if Jellybean's going to be like, I'm going to go to Pops, Gladys is going to be like, fine. Yeah, she's busy running a drug cartel. You're like 19, right, kid? Go on. It's fine. Like, she's running a drug cartel. She doesn't give a shit. <laughs> she, she's like, okay, your brother will be around your dad, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, no one's around. It makes more sense that you have to get, you know, Jughead and FP distracted. Right, right. And part of it's also to lead them on this wild goose hunt, so when they finally find out, it's all the more infuriating to them. Mm-hmm. I would love to see uh, Kurtz's, Kurtz and Co.'s planning meeting where they're like, exactly how much evidence should we leave outside of the Maple Club? How is, is the flyer a bit too obvious? Is that too much? Do you think they'll catch on? It's a trap. Nah, nah, it's fine. Only one flyer, though. If we leave like all 40. A whole case. That might be too much. Yeah. Let, let's put it in the garbage. Well, on, on top, on top of the garbage. There we go. There's a good uh, <laughs> compromise. Yeah. So, darling, what did you think of this episode? It's good to be back. Yeah. It's good to be back, uh, and it's good to have Betty uh, really raising the stakes, raising the bar, and those slight little moments when all of her friends are like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love those little moments of, huh? <laughs> I mean, I know I am scheduled to have a rematch with a deadly, dirty fighter who is powered by super drugs, but your shit is way more crazy. <laughs> right? <laughs> I love the zombie thing. I yes, love I yes. love it. Because it's also done so well. So incredibly, like, jarring and mm-hmm. terrifying. Mm-hmm. How the, much they're selling it. The noises of the first guy, the the acting, the physical acting of, yeah. of the second. Well, and then so the, good. The, the girl and the guy in the car with just that banging and right. the blood spot. Like, for me, something like that is much more intense than any jump scare or whatever that an apocalypse or horror movie does. Yeah. Seeing something unsettling 
And then seeing all of the, the quote-unquote normal people so unsure of how to deal with it that it just keeps going. Yes. And it just keeps going. Yes. That was, it was good. That yeah. was good. Yeah. We've talked about uh, the farm and, and it's the ability to call that a cult. Uh-huh. So I think after this episode, we should talk about the, the notion of deprogramming. Okay. Now, deprogramming <laughs> is... Uh, Measures that are allegedly able to uh, assist in taking people who have been subsumed in, in an organization like this, who have been brainwashed, if you will, and returning them back to society at large, ret- returning them back to uh, a more standard way of life, hopefully uh, back to a better quality of life than they had that led them to join these dangerous groups that, that seek out people. Ted Patrick was a, a pioneering uh, cult deprogrammer. He wrote a lot of books about that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. He also got arrested for kidnapping a lot. Oh, dang. <laughs> because, yeah, that's pretty much how it goes, or at least how it did. Like, this was huge in the 1970s. Yeah. The, the early oh, 70s. Oh, yeah, the 70s were really fucked up I mean, with cults. Uh, cults were just sort of part of the counterculture in the 60s yeah it was creepy and weird and kind of scary and then the cults that hung on in the early 70s started killing a lot of people yeah i mean the the manson family alone even if they were the only ones i mean that it's going to paint all minority religions with a brush yeah uh never mind uh jonestown and other mass suicides that have continued on through the ages so you know uh, uh desperate times call for desperate measures so you're going to kidnap people you're going to deny them sleep you're going to deny them food you're going to basically engage in uh forms of torture that are not unlike cults <laughs> but to to say that actually the leader is very very bad and not infallible he is quite fallible and and he is hypocritical and eventually ideally the, the target will come around to be like, you know what? I didn't like that cult anyway. In fact, I had this, 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 and this problem. You you have shown me the light. Mm-hmm. It's fucked up and weird. Yes. I just thought I would have some learning time on our comedy show. Okay. This is what happens when we stop reading comics for time when we record on the same night. Yeah. I have to, I have to put something in there. Don't have to. I... You choose to. We're back, baby. <laughs> I mean, I've already said a few of my predictions, I guess. Okay. Well, I think uh, J- Jellybean will unmask and defeat the Gargoyle King. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to, like, trick him. Mm-hmm. All these planes that have to do with infiltration, we've been seeing them all year, right? We've been seeing uh, uh, fangs go in with the Gargoyles early on. We've had Betty send two people into the farm. Mm-hmm. Why not an accidental interloper? Why not a, a a victim then using her position to to tear that yet another desiccated skull down and 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 uh, break the whole thing wide open? So what if the reason Gladys wasn't around? Uh huh. Is because she wanted this to happen. Hmm. What if she had an informant about what was going on? And they kind of found out about what was what the plan was. Uh-huh. And so she told Jellybean. She's like, you gotta go. You gotta fucking take him down. Mm-hmm. What, I'll raise you one. What if Gladys is the Gargoyle King? Oh! 
I had a, a prediction written down earlier about who the Gargoyle King was, but one problem with it is it wouldn't really solve anything because it's a character that wasn't around in Midnight Club days. Yeah. Gladys, though. Gladys was born and raised Southside Riverdale. Oh. She's Yeah. Oh. She could have been there on Ascension Night. Ah! So and they didn't have to get Gladys uh, distracted to deliver jelly bean to the Gargoyle King. Yeah, she, she's in on it. She's the Gargoyle King. Yeah. Question is, is Jelly Bean in on it? I don't think Jelly Bean Jelly is. Jelly Bean isn't. And oh, that's how. And that's the betrayal. how they get Jelly Bean to stay with the boys. Because she's like, "Fuck you, mom." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And have her own style of deprogramming, which is just being raised in a more supportive, stable home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we know Gladys is not a fan of Alice. Yes. So, like, it wouldn't be surprising that she tried to like. Oh, doesn't Alice say that, like, F.P. Jones is going for someone else in the Midnight Club? What if that was Gladys then, and then, like, she knew that Alice and F.P. were getting close again, and so then she became the Gargoyle King? To hopefully kill Alice? Yeah. She seems like she was a fan of none of them back then, continuing to today. Well, yeah. So I feel like she wouldn't have minded anybody drinking from those yeah. goblets. Uh, yeah, th- that's my new prediction. The one I had down before was that the current Gargoyle King is the real Charles Smith. Oh. No, I don't like that one so nah. much. I thought about it because they seem real. Like this episode, at least, was very interested in the real Charles Smith and where he wound up. Uh-huh. So how old did we say Charles would be? 30? It depends on what episode we watched most okay, recently. Okay, oldest? Would be like At his his dad just turned fifty, and he was presumably eighteen when he was born. So uh, he would be thirty two. Okay, guess it doesn't really work out age wise. <laughs> but I was gonna say, what if Edgar mm-hmm. is Charles? What if Edgar is Charles Smith? Yes. Why not? He's supposed to be okay. Edgar is supposed to be a little older. Uh huh. Chad Michael Murray is definitely a little older than that, but I mean, he... only by a little bit. But. He led a long and different life back before he became Edgar Evernever. That could include being a teenage dad. Yeah. Or maybe Evelyn's adopted. Or that. Or that, yeah. But yeah, I mean, what, Evelyn's supposed to be 16? Yeah. If he's supposed to be 32? There you go. It's not impossible. Te- what if he's Charles? <laughs> that would be wild as shit. And that's why they're so, like, uh-huh. fucking invested in Alice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Evelyn's like, Grandma! So we figured it out. Gladys is the Gargoyle King. It always has been. Uh-huh. And Charles, and Charles is, is Edgar, Edgar Evernever. Uh-huh. Not a paint salesman. This is why he was all like, I lived a hard life and I went in the desert time, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the end of the series, Betty will uh, look out her bedroom window and shoot a stranger in the street <laughs> just to see if she feels anything. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I... I'm going to say that the sex hole gets destroyed mm-hmm. by the end of the season. God, it's their favorite set, though. I love the way they dress it. It I really does it. have a sense of uh, character. The The unique color scheme responds well to a lot of different lighting cues. Well, I feel like it will get destroyed and it will be a moment of mourning for everyone. Yes. Of what they've lost. And then they'll rebuild it again in five episodes because this show is just Arrow sometimes. Well, I guess I should restate my prediction from earlier that's going with my idea of triplets that I've had for a while. Uh Uh-huh. But that Jason 
and uh, the other triplet were conjoined. Yes, J- which is the JJ. Why, the JJ, which is why Cheryl can't let go of that. Mm-hmm. And definitely sibling sex, my God. <laughs> they can't, what? like, point it in that direction anymore. Why do you think she threw herself on his coffin? One last ride. Oh, God. Veronica and Josie will have a fight over Archie's affections, but then they they will bond and, and become closer friends as they realize Archie's most attractive uh, attribute is that he upsets both of their dads. <laughs> they have so much in common. Okay, they let Hal out of jail. They let him out of jail. Well, I don't know. She has to appeal it or something. Or she, like, breaks him out. I don't know. But if they were to let him out, somehow he gets paroled. Okay. He has to wear, like, the Hannibal Lecter mask. <laughs> and is like I don't know permanently chained to Betty, uh, like like on like one of those like leashes you see like at malls, but like an actual <laughs> chain. Yeah, yeah. She can take him out for a walk with the with the mask and the chain. Now it's less Hannibal Lecter and more Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, which is not bad. You know, it's not a bad thing. Anyhow, let's move on to what we know is going to happen next week. That's right. Uh, no more breaks until the season ends. Next week uh, is Chapter 44, Fear the Reaper. This is named for a song, not a movie. What? Uh, Bullshit. And not only that, it's the opposite of the song. It is clearly referring to Blue Oyster Cult's Don't Fear the Reaper, one of the absolute greatest rock songs of the 1970s. Uh, Darling, you you might recognize it from its cover on the Goo Goo Dolls self-titled debut. You may also recognize it as the basis of the more cowbell sketch. Is that like the one with um, Will Ferrell? Yeah, ba- banging on a cowbell. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that trailer, though. We see Gladys and Jughead, and I think FP, um, around a G&G board. Mm-hmm. They get a quest to go do a robbery, and then we see Pop's Chocolate Shop being robbed at gunpoint. Again. Again. Mr. McCoy is back in action. Welcome back. Uh, There are also lots of people hitting each other and being very angry. Yes. There's lots of flashes of people. We don't get much out of this trailer, I don't feel like. You don't even have to say that anymore. I just copy and paste from all the other episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be be good, though. It'll be exciting, I'm sure. Yeah. I do love when uh, minor characters that I expected to have a larger role come back two years later. Yeah. Vindication! That's what it feels like. Anyhow, that's another episode from us back from break. Like I said, Riverdale is going to be going consecutive weeks until they're out of season three. They, they're mm-hmm. Until they don't have no more to show. Yep. You can follow along with us as we follow along the show and interact with you on Twitter at sex underscore Archie. Yeah, you can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you like. It, it's more of a one-way communication, but even so, we really appreciate it because it's the sort of communication that helps us in the mystic magic of algorithms to, to find good friends. Just just think of how nice it is to, to have more people learning about crowns and stables and... And other such things like that. Speaking of friends, you can tell your friends about this episode that you just listened to. And all of it. Just all of it. Just wait until four weeks' time when it turns out that this was our most successful <laughs> predictions pro <laughs> segment in the entire show. Because we both have something? 
because we have two at the same time because I've been pretty fucking successful. <laughs> Cult in the fucking woods. There you go. There you go. Since our last episode, there's been some news. Uh, you, any of you sex Archie uh, uh, completists might remember our one and only ever guest, Jacob Randolph, who yep. came on to talk about uh, uh, Glenbrook and all of Final Bid when that book came out. He's currently kickstarting his next book, uh, Fellowship Second Edition, which is not one, but uh, three going on four books. Ooh. Uh, it is much more like what you imagine when you think of tabletop role-playing games, like G&G, for instance. Mm -hmm. You operate in a party in a fantasy vein that you determine collectively with your group and, and have an adventure to topple an overlord or, or rebel against the empire or chart the, the horizon. It's a fantastic game. I love it very much. And I would encourage people to check out the Kickstarter, even though I'm not doing any work on it. And therefore, I don't get a cut on this one. <laughs> it's just from the bottom of my heart. Yeah. I guess that's it. I guess that is it for this episode of Sex Archie. I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie. I chloroform you. Sugar. Ah, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. Me rocking you, break it down with your please. Sugar. Oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you, break it down, come on. And, and you got me, and you got me, and you got me. Break it down, won't you please?